0: Welcome to season three of the Retail Tea Break podcast. My name is Melissa Moore, the Retail Advisor, and each week I'll be joined by industry experts, retailers, and product creators to decode the myths, share knowledge, and give you an insight into the industry. So grab your cup of tea, sit back, relax, and listen in to season three of the Retail Tea Break podcast. Today's episode of the Retail Tea Break podcast is a little different as it's brought to you in collaboration with Salesforce. So today I'm joined by three very, very special guests as we look ahead to planning for Christmas and the holiday season. Jenny McGinn is with me who's head of e-commerce for Lifestyle Sports, Paul Gillett, Chief Operating Officer at Skin Nerd, and Gupri Kaur, director of retail solutions and strategy at Salesforce guys you're very welcome to the retail tea break podcast
1: thank Thank you so
0: so so I'm really excited about this episode and it's going to be great to pull in some of your practical ideas to give listeners and watchers an idea of where you're at and also then from Salesforce get a bit of data behind where we're headed so I'm going to jump straight in, if that's okay with everyone. Um, Gee, what are Salesforce's predictions as we plan for Christmas and peak 2022?
2: Yeah, um, so we do a lot of research around this topic, and we've been doing it every single year. Of course, we have our um, Commerce Cloud platform where we anonymize all the data, and because it's in the cloud, we can sort of get a lot of um, best practices and, and see a lot of trends. Um, I think the biggest impact, of course, is going to be rising product costs, labor shortages, increasing delivery costs, inventory shortages, um, all of these sorts of things. And they're going to be playing a real key role, of course, um, in what we're going to see in some of our predictions. Um, So one of the key ones is that people will start to buy even earlier. In fact, we predict around four out of 10 shoppers will kickstart their holiday shopping earlier this year. Uh, We saw a similar trend over the past couple of years. People have started shopping in sort of November um, but we foresee that Amazon will sort of start this trend with their, you know, I think prime day has already been. Yeah. Um, but they'll start their sales early and and most people will start to follow suit in terms of in in their businesses as well. Um, and a lot of people, because of inflation, they actually want to buy their gifts earlier. We're seeing there's going to be a sale or selling prices are going to increase around. 8 to 12% for the rest of 2022. So lots of customers want to sort of get in there and buy their gifts early. Um, the other thing we're going to see is that people will buy less. Uh, we saw that a little bit last year. People are getting a bit more pickier about what they're actually buying. Um, and and they're buying from less retailers and fewer retailers as well. Um, so last year they were buying more higher priced stuff. This year we think there's going to be a shift towards sort of convenience and value um so attracting customers and retaining them is going to be super important but showing that value and convenience as well um some of our data shows that around 17% of shoppers are actually unsure if they're going to buy any gifts um and that was out of about 850 million people um that we sort of surveyed or, or we'd found uh, the data from um and another really interesting point actually is that half of shoppers um said that they'd switch brands this holiday due to pricing. So it's quite a huge amount. Um, and I think the number is about 2.5 billion shoppers worldwide would actually switch and ditch the brand that they like for an actual lower price competitor. Um, and then just a final couple of other things is that physical stores will continue to drive growth. Of course, we've seen that um, already starting to pick up uh, since stores were closed uh, for the past couple of years where store associates sort of became or started to become and now are a permanent feature of being fulfillment experts, service agents, stylists, influencers, those types of things. So um, we know that um, a large number, I think about 60% of digital orders are actually influenced by the store now. So there's going to be that merging of physical and digital um. So yeah, customer expectations higher than ever, still rising. There's also a need for sustainable options as well. So there's sort of that balance between convenience, speed, but then also sustainable delivery options, sustainable products, but there's still rising costs. So plenty of challenges for retailers um, everywhere, but uh, yeah, customer expectations still high as ever.
0: Wow. No, no pressure then for either the two guests that are, in, that are with us today or for the retailers listing them by the sounds of G. Um, Paul, I'm going to quickly move over then to, to one of, I suppose, Ireland's most well-known skincare brands. Um, tell us a little bit about the business and your plans as we move towards the Golden Quarter.
1: Sure. So, the Skidner, I'll go back a little, was set up in 2017. It's an Irish company set up by Jennifer Rock. She's an award winning dermal facialist. She's an author, a media presenter, and she's one of the most amazing individuals I've ever met that has such energy and passion for skincare. She's trained and been a trainer in various countries Ireland, UK, US and has a great relationship across the board with fellow facialists with nutritionists, doctors, and she really wants to make a mark in the skincare sector. Um, I don't know anyone who doesn't have the knowledge that she has in skincare. She's written two books on it, never-ending Detail and Under- Understanding a Skin when she's on TV or radio. Mm-hmm. And look, she's just been a, an amazing Irish entrepreneur and it's been fantastic to work with her over the last few years. Um, in, in what we do in The Skin Nerd, we we identified a niche where very much skincare science and emotional worlds, we call it meet where people are on a journey with skincare. They, they want to feel empowered to understand their own skin. We do this enlightening them through education, giving them knowledge. And we've kind of created a community where we kind of listen to their requests. And in turn, we kind of build trust around this. Our main commercial reality that we have within the nerd is we are an online store. So, mm. We do virtual consults. We sell online, um, and we give people advice and, and uses to, to products that they use. But we also started in two thousand nineteen our own skincare brand called Skin Ingredients. Um, Skin Ingredients is a simple step by step, easy to use set of products for people. We have them in over three hundred retailers in Ireland, in <sighs> primarily pharmacies, um, all the various different groups of pharmacies. We're in Arnett's, brand, Thomas also in the uk on cult beauty as well so for us at this time of the year we're looking at it from two parts one first ingredients which is in so many retail outlets we got to make sure that we've had the product in place i think what G just mentioned there is a key thing this year how early things are going to be yeah. if we look back to last year you know by september october we were certainly seeing a lot of people struggling to get product into the country at um due to all the shipping issues that were around the world. So this time we've really made an effort to make sure that we've been early, have our product ready to go and, and get it out there because decisions are being made now. And quality and value are really key to this at the moment. It is skincare, the industry is a very large industry. In Ireland, it's worth 180 million a year. And um, global data shows the UK at 3 billion a year just in skincare. So the, the market is huge, but but people want to find value in their product. So we're making sure that anything we do in terms of gifting packs that we give out are very much value for, for the customers. And we try and we put a special effort into education on all fronts of our products and what we do. So Everything about our products, the way we present them is all about making sure for the consumers really clear what they're buying and that they're not making a mistake, that they understand exactly what that product is that they're buying.
0: It Sounds incredible, Paul, and it definitely sounds like you're going to have a few busy months ahead as we head towards Christmas. I suppose you spoke about kind of online and also physical there. And Jenny, obviously with lifestyle sports, you have both. How are you preparing for Peak across the various channels?
3: I just want to say, Paul, I am a big fan of the Skinner and have loved seeing this Irish success story grow. It's, yeah, very inspiring, I must say, for for any other Irish entrepreneurs out there. Thank you, Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I I think this year has just been so volatile for the retail Mm -hmm. industry. We had, like, an overinflated sense of forecasting, based on covid when it comes to digital and i think this year it's been really hard to manage those kind of peaks and troughs and the change in consumer sentiment there's you know one layer where we can understand people are a little bit more you know price conscious or they're shifting across the channels that they spend on post covid so like trying to regulate that post covid behaviour and understand it, but obviously then you've got something that nobody can prepare for, nobody could have predicted, you know, the war and then the impact on inflation and cost of living. So for us, it's it's been a very volatile year and we are very, very closely aligned with the customer and we know that our customer is price sensitive and the most important thing that we want to do for peak is to ensure that we're showing up for that customer when they are looking for value at this particular moment uh, in time so lifestyle sports has a, a long-standing relationship with salesforce i think 10 years together and i think lifestyle has always been a leader in you know embracing technology coming to market with their digital offerings, uh, 100% market leading, groundbreaking service proposition in terms of like that next day delivery piece. And so what we really stand for as a business, so we're multi-category, multi-brand sportswear, probably one of Ireland's, you know, longest standing sportswear retailers and much loved. But we really, really pride ourselves on that service proposition So the delivery piece, and it's, you know, to go to your point about preparing for both stores online, that omni-channel piece, the delivery proposition is getting next day delivery or super fast delivery to the customer, but it's actually also about the management of stock and the replan of stock. So that, that product is available to the customer, whether they want, you know, to order something that they, you know, isn't necessarily stocked in one of the regional stores, if they have access to it on endless aisle within the store, you know, somebody can order, take and collect because it's more convenient for them on their journey home from work. So the the service proposition that we have, we spent a huge investment early in the year in one of Ireland's first carbon neutral warehouses. and. That investment was about ensuring that we could maintain that level of service to both customer and store for peak. And that was a a significant investment from the business to do that. But when it comes to what we're trying to do online, because we really pride ourselves on that service proposition, we really pride ourselves on the customer service that you experience in store and online when we are looking at the customer behavior and the appetite and this like the, the strain and the pressure you know that people are under coming into q4 yeah rather than you know focusing on what we can layer up in terms of like cutting edge this and disruptive that and blah, blah we're actually going back to basics online we want to Absolutely, we want to ensure that our service online matches the, you know, outstanding service that we offer in terms of delivering the store experience. So, it's as basic as going through the fundamentals of the site, the architecture of the site, and things that always fall into business as usual, and then can often get overlooked because it's just business as usual. It's not sexy. It's not exciting. It's not this. It's not that. But we want to be able to stand over it, that our customer can find exactly what they're looking for when they need it at the right price point and get it delivered in the timeframe that they need it. So when we talk about what we're trying to achieve online, it's as, honestly, it's, it's going through search. It's going through our navigation. It's going through our filtering and sorting. It's A-B testing, you know, our personalization. It's looking at, you know, where we populate recommenders. What type of content marketing we're doing? You know what commercial optimization we're doing. It's not about the next sexy thing. It's actually yeah. about saying: Is our house in order? Can we really stand over it? Have we tested everything that we want to test to ensure that we can be there for our customer when they're looking for us over peak?
0: It sounds like it really is down to basics at this time of year. And actually, G, bringing yeah. you in on that. When it comes to delivering a good experience then how are you seeing it kind of been delivered this holiday season or how are the retailers that you've been talking to going to deliver the best of customer experience I think Jenny summed it up like totally
2: perfectly (laughs) I think everything that she's been saying yeah is exactly what I would say. I think one of the key things is that customers expecting omnichannel experience, but they're expecting the basics, right? They they just want their product delivered. They want the right product delivered. They want the right price at the right time. It's the basics of marketing, really. Um, but you know, first step, activate your data and your loyalty. So um, your data acquisition need to be looking at how you're actually collecting the data on your customers. How are you providing the right uh, products at the right time? As I just mentioned mentioned, um, because customers are going to be spending less, you know, you need to be focusing on earlier campaigns um, around scarcity, exclusivity, those types of things, really reeling the customers in. So we're seeing a lot of our customers talking about that. Um, And and as I mentioned, personalization, of course, right product, right time is going to be about segmenting that data that you've acquired um, already. And and, uh, data of ours shows around 76% of Customers are actually more willing to share their data if they know they're going to get a better service. So, of course, they're actually happy to give you their data. You just need to be doing something with it. Um, I'd say the next piece is around removing friction. So, Jenny talked a lot about this as well. Um, real-time inventory visibility, yeah. flexible fulfillment options. You know, can they click and collect? Can your store associates actually see? the different uh, products that are available across the warehouse, but also across your stores and distribution centers. So it's going to be really important to have that real-time view. So a lot of our customers are investing in order management, in inventory availability, those types of things. Um, And then there's also operationalizing your data as well. So we know that data-driven organizations, um, they can add a lot more value to their customers and they're more likely to retain them as well. So you need to ensure that your site is able to handle all of that demand across across it. Um, but with AI, and again, Jenny mentioned some of this, it's sort of, um anticipating their needs so artificial intelligence in your search dictionary is understanding you know if they start typing earrings can you like quickly fill out earrings after they put in ear you know it's just making that experience a lot more frictionless making it faster for customers to sort of get the products that they want and then they don't have enough time to go and search somewhere else because you're you're already reeling them in with the amazing experience that they're having on your site um and then the final piece is connected and consistent service. So again, Jenny touched upon this as well. Um, I think one of the key things we're seeing is that businesses are really looking at AI and automation. So of course, margin can't just continue to be the Grinch of Christmas. Um, It's really critical that, you know, businesses are containing their costs, they're automating and scaling their operations. So we're seeing a lot of um, service sessions that are going to be taken over by bots. Um, so a lot of investment in automation in terms of service, um, self-service as well. Lots of Gen Zs and, and millennials are actually really happy to find stuff themselves, right? So if you've got a great order management system in place, they can see when their order is going to be ready. They're really happy just to leave that to you, um, and just share that information so they can just quickly get it. Um, and they don't need to call you or speak to you about it. So, um, yeah, there's lots going on, but you know, data, loyalty, frictionless experience and, and automation and service. I think those are some of the key ways which our retailers are really investing in. now, in of course, final thing is making sure your website actually works and is live and, and doesn't go down. <laughs> um, so
0: scaling, scaling promotions, scaling everything. Um, so that's a
2: big one as well. Do you
0: know, it's fascinating. You, you reel off that list like it is such a simple list. But actually, as everyone said today, going back to basics at this time of year, getting the fundamentals right is going to ensure this seamless gorgeous experience that that customers have and I, friction the lack of friction the less the better I think is definitely what's going to keep them coming back but to get to specifics as we're talking about Christmas and gifting Paul I've got to ask you know the skin ingredients is known and I see the bottles behind you there I think everyone kind of watching or listening will be well aware of the gorgeous colors to differentiate the different parts of the brand you gift quite heavily at this time of year. I'm, I'm fascinated to know, and may, maybe this is just me. Um, are customers really just buying for others? Do you think at this time of year, or is this a nice way of getting people to start self-gifting and maybe start to kind of keep them as you go forward?
1: I think you're onto something there, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Um, look, very much this time of the year in skincare is a time of gifting. Um, you, you can walk into any pharmacy uh, as you come up into November and you just see them stacked high with many different gift sets across Ireland. It's very much a, a thing within the sector. Um, from our point of view, look, we do, I mentioned even on the skin nerd, we do the bespoke one-to-one skin consult. So we are speaking to a, a lot of our customers as we go through this period right now. So we are in a position to recommend to someone the best value that they're going to find. And in many cases, it will be in the gift set. So within, within that environment, we're in a position very much to say to a customer, look, you know, we'd recommend that you go for this gift set. It contains two of the three products, which we would recommend for your skin. So in that sense, the customer is going to get value from it. Um, We also through uh, the data that we have over the years have very much a, a CRM system in place now with Salesforce. So we're in a position to look at our customers, understand their needs and target them in a way and give them the best information they can about what gift sets are of value to them because we would have many on the website when it comes through this period. So we can just identify and, and kind of give recommendations straight away to a customer so, to what's right. Now, why do we do that? Because we do know that they're going to buy for themselves. Um, you know, there, there's definitely... Certainly within the planning period, when you come into kind of September, October, November, it's very much the target audience is purchasing for themselves, looking on value. When you come to December, it's usually the spouse who's there and last minute trying to figure out what to do. And we'll get the phone call and go, what would you recommend I do? (laughs) Um, So we would have that side of it, too. So we're very much seeing yes in, in it's almost a planning of Christmas within with the best value of making sure where you're spending your money is right. So people do think about themselves first in this respect within this market.
0: You're you're making me feel a lot better about myself, Paul, by kind of assuring me that I'm not the only one that self gifts at this time of year. I do. I think, I think it's a really nice way to say that, you know, I, I love the brand. I'm going to buy it for myself and for someone else. I think it, it's the best way to, to give to someone it is not just something you would use, but something that you know, and you stand by of that, that suits you as well. So gorgeous, gorgeous gifting coming up with you for this time of year, Jenny, as we're talking about Christmas, I want to talk about the elephant in the room. It would be kind of remiss of me not to with, with your background and experience in e Black Friday <laughs> talk to me what are your thoughts around Black Friday and that whole crazy cyber that goes on at this time of the year?
3: Look I, I, Black Friday it's not going anywhere but I, I think we should have learned some lessons in the retail community over the last couple of years <laughs> because it's, quite, it's, it's gotten out of hand and what my personal pet peeve around Black Friday is when you don't have your pricing and promotional strategy worked out for the year and you don't hold strong on your offer through Black Friday. And I see this happening all the time. Retailers are looking left and right just to see what their competitors are doing. They're trying to match them, changing up the offer every day. And that is just an absolute race to the bottom. bottom. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to do Black Friday, do it well, stand over it. I think customers have become a lot more savvy now. They can see rewrapped clearance. <laughs> they yeah. can see the sofa that they saw four months ago at the same price in the clearance section. If you're going to do back Friday, do it properly, offer real value, plan it in advance, try and understand when you're going to go and just hold strong. The other thing is I think retailers, so we all know like retail Q4 is like just a critical period, you know, some retailers do their whole business in this period. I think more retailers need to spend a little bit of time like de-risking what happens if they do do Black Friday a little too late or they go a little too early. So they're not so focused on what they've lost because they went a day later, they went a day early. My other big like lesson takeaway, like and it's mixed from being a retailer and mixed from being a customer. Mm. There's a Black Friday customer, and there's a customer who doesn't even know the dates for Black Friday, right? Let's segment them. Let's understand these people are not in a mindset. They haven't started their shopping yet, or maybe they've done all the shopping already, or maybe the only weekend that they have carved out to go shopping was the weekend before Black Friday, and they don't care that there's going to be value that weekend, right? So let's understand that that customer is different. Let's treat them differently. Then when it comes to Black Friday, don't make loads of noise if it isn't a great offer. Okay, because that you could lose a customer for the entire Q4 period, right? It's not that you've just lost them because they've gone to somebody else who's doing the same product for three euro cheaper. You've actually potentially lost them for the gifting period after that. But when you are, when you're standing over a strong offer, and this is definitely a takeaway for smaller retailers, hold your nerve. Don't be afraid to look at the the automation and the segmentation. I think, especially small retailers, they get very nervous about how much they're communicating to their audience over Black Friday. And I just just try and put yourself in the customer mindset. You send an email at quarter to eight in the morning on Black Friday morning. That is in a queue of a hundred other emails that have come in, okay? Right, so maybe I've seen the email from the retailer I want that's reminding me I'm going to do my shop at lunch when I look at my email again at lunch there's another 50 emails in there forgotten the first retailer but all of a sudden I'm like oh yeah actually I did want those candles or I do need those socks so you go somewhere else if you're not constantly reminding somebody and I think customers expect this over Black Friday to be reminded as long as you're not aggressive as long as it's gentle and it's helpful I think you need to remind customers to shop And then the other thing I think is when somebody has shopped over Black Friday, don't be afraid to remind them again because somebody might have gone in and they might have gotten 90% of what they were looking for or they saw a really good deal, but they've forgotten to come back. They may want to come back and avail of the sale again. You know, it's like sometimes you walk into a shop and you think you've bought everything and you walk out and you realize that you forgot to buy the bottle of water that you went for in the first place. So don't be afraid to give a gentle nudge. Just don't be aggressive, you know, be respectful Be gentle, but I almost see like the power of email segmentation over Black Friday is such a critical tool that's often underutilized or not utilized effectively over Black Friday. So that will be like a little bit of takeaway for smaller retailers. Everybody else, just hold your nerve.
0: Stand over your offer. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant tips there, Jenny. And again, I and I can hear the passion in your voice from someone that has been there, An that knows it. Black Friday shopper. Yeah, <laughs> but also as consumers, which we all are here today, I think yeah. that's a really clear message um, to them to actually, as you say, hold your nerve. Don't battle to the bottom, which we we've seen desperately seen retailers and and brands do in the past, where it's like a race to the bottom for the, the cheapest or the freest product, which doesn't help in the long term um so gee or maybe on a more positive note we we come away from black friday slightly any final tips then from you and the guys at salesforce for a successful christmas and holiday season as we rapidly run in towards october again i think as as jenny said it's it's about having that
2: customer mindset really putting yourself in the shoes of your customers um so As I mentioned earlier, you know, customer data is super important. Segment your customers um, in a way that's going to provide real-time personalization for them. If you can, you've probably got a lot of this data um, that you can use. You just need to understand how to use it. Um, and, and, you know, loyalty will play into that. Um, if you're able to segment properly and personalize, personalize in real time, um, you'll be able to build better relationships with your customers. Now, obviously, it's a time where you're trying to get through lots of different orders um, and loyalty might not be top of mind. Um, but I think a lot of businesses, they really focus on new customer acquisition and very few focus on the customers that they actually already have um, and they don't really take
0: the time to understand their customers. That's a very good point. We we chase for newness when it comes to customers this time of year. We don't tend to look after, and I could be wrong here, we don't tend to look after those that we've already nurtured throughout the year. And it's a common thing
2: I see across um, every retailer we speak to is, is most retailers we speak to just say, Oh well, yeah, we've, we kind of forget about the customers that we've got. Um, and actually, acquisition strategies are so much more expensive mm. than actually retaining the customers that you have. And so if you think about the ways in which you can retain customers quite easily is using that data that you already have on your customers. It's providing multiple delivery options or options for them to be able to collect, um, you know, click and collect, as I mentioned earlier, but also do they want more sustainable delivery options? So they want to be able to buy something and have it delivered in a week or two if it means it's better for the environment. So really understanding what, who the customers are that are shopping from you, because there's a lot more people that are into um you know, more emotional or um, how do you, how would you say it? Like more other things other than just value or transactional offers. Um, You know, they're really into um, their values essentially, which
0: is really. And it's that emotional kind of connection there. It's that pull that actually is quite meaningful for the customer that I presume then will link back to loyal customers. If you're loyal to them, they'll be loyal to you. Exactly. And then
2: that service piece, right? So it's no longer enough just to be able to pick up the phone on the other end. I mean, those customers, they want to be heard. Everybody wants to be heard. And so it's really important that you understand your customers. So that data needs to be connected because you need to um, provide your service agents with the right tools or your store associates with the right tools and the data that they need um, to know that, Jenny came into the store and she was really unhappy. So don't send her another promotional email because she's still waiting on that order from six weeks ago and you haven't fulfilled it. So just knowing that you need to have all of that different data at hand um, and, you know, you have it already. It's just you need to be able to open it up and, and provide the right tools for your customers. So a lot of the those things already exist. It's just about actioning them um, and making use of them. Sorry, Jenny, I realize I've been using you quite a lot as an example, <laughs> but I've also been tapping into what you've been saying. So <laughs> sorry, Paul. No, no.
3: It was just before you. <laughs> Do
0: you know, it, it's been fascinating. And I think the one thread actually to come out of this, even though we've been looking towards kind of Christmas and peak season, is value, value that the customers want. And none of you have said that's a race to the bottom or it's about price per se, It's about tapping in, as we've just said, to that emotional connection, really understanding them to go back to Paul's point there about really knowing, knowing the customer, reading them properly and giving them what they want. So I do think it's going to be an interesting kind of next couple of months as we run in towards Christmas. I am of no doubt that what we've talked about today, an awful lot of retailers around the country are going through the same, are feeling the same and probably feel a little bit more secure knowing that everyone else feels the same as well. So Thank you for for kind of your input today for this special episode. I've really, really appreciated it and find it quite fascinating. So Jenny McGinn, Head of E-commerce from Lifestyle Sports, Paul Gillett, Chief Operating Officer at the Skinnerd, and Gupri Kaur, Director of Retail Solutions and Strategy at Salesforce. Thank you so much for your time today. And if you've enjoyed today's special episode, please like and share it. Let us know what you thought and maybe your actions or your tips for this Christmas season. Thanks for listening.